Murders, mysteries, unexplained stories, and our family's crazy opinions on them all. Join us now. The Family School of Thought is in session. Okay, everybody. Welcome again to the this week's edition of The Family School of Thought. How's the weather for you girls? Good. Beautiful. Good. It was in the 80s here today, so oh, we're wow. doing really good. And you Woke see up the thunderstorm. Weasel fest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. I'm still at a library. <laughs> you're still in the library. I'm still in the blue room. And you're in the blue kitchen. All right. Uh, let's get started. And uh, Jess, let's hear a fun yeah. fact. I have a couple of fun facts. I feel like both of them are a little relevant right now. So... The first one is leeches have 32 brains. <laughs> right now, there's a lot of people. 32 brains. There's a lot of people in our country that have zero brains right now. <laughs> yeah. Just want to put that out there. Um, a, my other. Oh. And there's a lot of leeches in the world. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of leeches in the world. Uh, which brings Maybe me to they my should second. put those leeches in their brains that don't have any. Right. Um, it brings me to my second mental floss amazing fact of the day. We got a we got a little monster pounding on the door, so excuse me on that one. Second fact. He's the, he's the fact of the day? No. <laughs> the second mental floss amazing fact of the day is newborn babies can cost their parents up to 650 hours of sleep during the first year. <laughs> Just the first year. Yeah, no. Just remember that when you're trying to get a 12-year-old to carry a pregnancy. <laughs> hey, good job. Those are my fun facts for today. Very interesting facts today. Yeah. Yes. I like that shirt. Where'd you get that? I got it in the mail. I ordered it. I like it. Ah. Hold on. Pro. <laughs> Get your glasses on. Pro row, 1973. It's kind of see-through. <laughs> okay, Cass, how about, a, how about a song? We need something to uplift our spirits. Yeah, yeah. So... We'll try this one. I don't know how. All right. So, yeah, this is obviously a very popular song. It's Electric Avenue by Eddie Grant. Um, and it's a very upbeat song, so you wouldn't know that it is actually about poverty and riots that happened in Brixton, London, in 1981. Oh, over. Oh, in London. What were they rioting over? Um, yeah. So it was. Uh, so Electric Avenue is actually a real street. Um, it is Brixton Avenue, um, and it is the first place in London Market Street that had electricity. Hi, bud. Um, <laughs> he can't hear. He's so mad. 
Um, so it was, so they were rioting over police brutality and, uh, this community had a lot of, um, immigrants, especially from the Caribbeans. Um, so there was a lot of racism and, uh, uh poverty, um, a lack of equality between races during this time. Um, and so these riots were in April of 1981 and basically I think they lasted like maybe two days um and they were just they basically riots against the police huh. wow yeah Interesting. Uh, so Eddie Grant wrote this and song. Was, was there a reason for these riots for the police because uh <laughs> just brutality <laughs> or I mean, was there racial <laughs> just a lot of racial inequality and the police brutality I mean there's not really a re- rhyme or reason for police brutality, unfortunately. So, no, no. And you can come to America and deal with it in present day. Yeah, it's still happening. Forty years later. Yeah, that's the sad facts. Okay, Cass, I think you're up this week. I am. What do you got for us? I have a doozy of one. Um, it's a doozy. Um, so this one is actually going to be an international one. Um, it is from South Korea, uh, and it is the Sewol Ferry Disaster. Oh. Yes. So at around nine at night, Tuesday, April 15th, 2014, a Korean cargo and passenger ship named the Sewol left the city of Ichnan's port in northern Korea on a regular voyage to Jeju Island. On board the ship were 476 passengers, which included 33 crew members, 325 students, and 14 teachers, all from a Danwon High School. Now, Jeju Island is Korea's largest island and it sits 60 miles south of the mainland. Um, It is a very common vacation spot and really popular for tourism. It is also a very common spot for high schoolers to go to field trips. Um, This trip in Korea is basically a rite of passage for most students. Um, It is the first time these kids are spending multiple nights away from their family and friends. Um, The ferry ride itself from Ichnan to Jeju takes about 13 and a half hours and it travels basically down the west coast of the continent or the country. The students uh, spend the night Uh, on the boat, basically celebrating with dinner and fireworks before going to bed. Uh, And in the morning, (laughs) the students basically wake up and have breakfast and prepare to leave the ship and get to the island, but the the boat never makes it to shore. The boat itself is a cargo ship that was made in 1994 and served without incident in Japan up until 2012. Um, and then it was sold to a company in Korea, the Chunghaejin Marine Company, run by a president, Yu Byung Eun. Uh, the company at that point had already had at least five accidents where ships had oh. crashed uh, between 2003 and 2011. Mm-hmm. This company was wow. known. Yeah. Yes. Um, this company was known for not using the right calculations on their boats for ballast water, which ballast water is basically, it sits below the hull and it is supposed to act as a counterweight to any of the cargo and weight on the ship. 
Um, this trip, because the crew was trying to basically overload the ship with to get enough stuff, like, you know, more stuff in less trips to the island, um, the cargo ship, the ballast waters were drained from the recommended 2,030 tons to 580 tons for ballast water. Oh. Yeah. Um, this, during when this ship was first bought by the company, uh, it underwent modifications from October 12th till, till February 2013. Um, most of these modifications were to make the ship more of a passenger ship because at the time when it was bought, it was basically just for cargo. There wasn't a lot of uh, seating for passengers or like cabins for passengers, I guess I should say. Um, so they added um, extra cabining, cabins to the third, fourth, and fifth deck, which added an extra 117 passengers total for the ship. Um, it, and I think at that time it was allowed to have like 956. Um, all of these modifications were made under falsified and illegal paperwork. Um, so, it was so it was registered basically as something completely different from what they were operating it as. Uh, but it did begin operating in March of 2013 and made the 528-mile round trip um, from Port to Jeju Island three times a week. It had made this exact trip over 241 times before April 16th, 2014. So... Now the day of the capsizing. capsizing. Starting at about 8.46 in the morning, the ship, under the helm of 3rd Mate Park Hikul and helmsman Cho Jun Ki, uh, it began to make a series of turns that are to this day disputed. The first of which seemed to keep them on course by a 5 degree shift. Um, and it seemed pretty normal, pretty average. They were going through basically a little bit of a trench at the time. Um, so this was not, this first turn was not anything out of the ordinary. But at 8.48, just two minutes later, another turn was made. This turn caused the ship to begin to list or lean to the right side of the boat. Um, it led to a series of poor decisions by Park and Cho. Park, when realizing the ship was leaning too much, ordered Cho to turn the wheel in the opposite direction. This caused the ship to switch listing from the right side to the left, while it was still turning to the right. This caused the ship to tilt to a 20 degree angle into, into the water on the left side. The ship held the tilt for too long and at an angle that could not sustain or recover its center of gravity. Um, and to make matters worse, um, the ship's anti-healing pumps, which would have pumped water in the hull from one side of the ship to the other in instances of tipping, were so deteriorated that it was not operational. So basically everything that they're supposed to have to, like, make sure the boat doesn't tip are now not working. Was or not like, there. Or not right. there. Um, this mm. caused all of the unsecure, unsecure cargo tank containers, as well as cargo containers in the ship. So I'm sorry, cargo containers on deck. They were basically on the front deck. Unsecured, um, as well as cargo in the ship, in the ship's hull with cars in the hull, um, all of them were unsecure. And so as the boat tipped, all of this stuff fell to the left side. 
and basically this was a tipping of the scale if you want to say for the say well right it uh caused damage to the hall um which allowed the 54 degree fahrenheit water of the yellow sea into the ship and it now has completely lost its restoring force um and it is it is rolling into the water at this time captain of the ship lee jun suk and the rest of the crew rushed to the bridge, but at this point it was too late to save anything. Um, the first of the, distress, of the distress calls were made by a student passenger at about 8.52 in the morning. So basically, what did I say? 8.46 is when they made the first right turn. 8.48 is when they made the turn that started the, the tipping and by 8.52 they were at a 30 degree angle into the water. Wow. Holy um, cow. So it went fast. It was, it's insanely fast. It took about, this whole thing is about two and a half hours um, that it takes for the boat to go. Um, wow. So a student, actually a passenger on the boat was the first one to make a distress call. Um, because the, the boat had become to sink and over the PA system, an announcement went off that passengers were to stay where they were because, uh, basically Ooh. go to a cabin and stay where they are because too much movement would have been dangerous. And they believe that like, if there's too many people running around, it's going to cause the boat to tip even further, or at least that's what they were saying over the announcements. Um, this call was transferred to a Mount Po Coast Guard which was stationed on Korea's mainland. Um, actually, and let me see how, let me tell a little bit more of the story. I have a map that I can show you because I feel like this is kind of confusing of like where they're at in regards well, to the trip. My, my question is, is it normal to have cargo so it's uh, a storage unit things on the same ship as a passenger ship? So yes. Or like a, yes. Yeah. It is. It is common. It's a ferry. It's basically a ferry. Right. Right. How big a boat is that? I mean, um, I think. I don't know. Like, I know for a fact it's 149 meters. Um, I don't know what that is in feet. I'm really sorry. It's pretty big. It's a fairly big ship. Um, and these ferries are very common in Korea because, like I said, Jeju is a very common place to go. And I think the only way you can get to it is by plane or a ferry. You said 149 meters? Yeah. Meters to feet. That's 488.85-ish feet. feet. That's a big boat. So big about boat. 485 feet. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's the size of a jumbo jet. Yeah. Okay. That's what the calculator is telling me. When I hear ferry, I'm thinking a little... You know. Yeah. Right. And it's I guess not like a shipley one. It's probably like the one that goes from Muskegon all the way to Wisconsin. Yeah, right. Maybe. Right. It's not a it's not a Mackinac Island right. <laughs> ferry. So <laughs> yes. Well I mean no, it's bigger than that. Um Yeah. It's uh Yeah, it's a pretty big ship. Yeah. I would say it's close to it's closer to like the cruise ship we went on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that size of scale. Um, wow. That's where I would compare it to. Um, just because, like I said, this is a 900. It's It allows for 956 passengers as well as cargo. 
Um, right. So, I mean, this is a big, big ship. Oh, yeah, that's that's pretty big, yeah. Um, it just, I don't know, it seemed weird to have the cargo, what are those called, the cargo? Containers. Shipping containers. containers. Shipping containers with cars and passengers. So it's not, so it's basically like the, like below deck is uh, for cargo. And then above deck is basically for passengers. Right. It's not like you're literally sitting in these cars as you're going. Yeah. Kind of right, right. For a right. lot of different purposes. Yes, yes, right. yes. Um, yeah. Um, so the first call goes to Mokpo Coast Guard, which is stationed on the Korea's mo- co- main, mainland coast. Um, this results in the Mokpo patrol vessel 123 being dispatched from the coast to go to the scene at 858. So basically, it leaves the like Mokpo station at 8:58. The second of the distress calls was made at 8:55, just three minutes after the first. This was made though by first mate of the ship Kong Won Sik um, to report that they were rolling and in immediate danger. Unfortunately, because he was misled on their location, because I believe they actually left the Ichnan port that the night before, like close to two hours late. So they were not in the exact location that they were supposed to be in. And I think he wasn't on deck when the, the rolling began. So he didn't know the exact location. So instead of sending this dress call to the coast, which they were closer to, he did send it to the Jeju Island where they were going. But they were still about 30 to 40 miles away from their location that they oh. were going to. Um, once this was figured out, um, their call was transferred to Jindu Island. So there's Jeju Island and Jindu Island. It's going to be a little confusing. Um, Jindu Island was closer to the mainland. Um, their Coast Guard um, was much closer. Um, and they were informed. They basically be, uh, got in contact with Mokpo Coast Guard uh, about what was going on. And they were informed that Mokpo had sent out a recovery boat. Um, all these different calls basically led to a lot of confusion on who was in charge of the rescue. Um, a captain of a Mokpo military rescue ship, even because of all this confusion, gave up command to a smaller vessel, patrol vessel 123, on the rescue. Um, from the first distress call and up until about 9.38 in the morning, the Sewol's crew was in communication with rescue teams. During this time, the crew was telling passengers to put on life jackets, but to stay in their cabins and stay where they are. Uh, it was later revealed that the rescue teams had been informed by the Sewol's crew that for some reason they were saying their PA system was not working. And despite being told to then, because of it not working, go room to room and tell passengers personally to prepare for an evacuation, the captain and crew continued to tell passengers to stay where they were, and just to put on their life jacket and wait for further instructions. The rescue team. They didn't tell them to go on top of the boat no. so that they could get in rescue boats. No. Where were the the drop down boats that they could get into? Those it, poor kids. They were there. So, the rescue teams claimed that they were under the impression that the, all of the passengers were instructed to abandon ship, but they were not. Uh-huh. In reports from citizens near the location, 
Um, citizens' personal boats, as well as fishing boats, were at the scene almost 40 minutes before any Coast Guard boats arrived. And uh, as far as I can tell in a lot of reports, the only Coast Guard ship to arrive at location before sinking is patrol vessel 123 that was dispatched at 8.58. Um, they began to pull, so citizen boat and fishermen began to pull passengers who had disregarded the instructions or had not heard the stay-in-place order out of the water of the rapidly sinking ship, or, or out of the water around the rapidly sinking ship. Patrol vessel, patrol vessel 123 reported to arriving at the scene around 9.30 a.m. Um. <laughs> and here's where it gets really sucky. Um, at 9.47 a.m., Captain Lee, in plain clothes and acting as a normal passenger, and 14 of his crewmates were some of the no. first members to be rescued no. from the ship oh on patrol vessel 123. When, Jeez, okay. Yeah. Um, when later asked in trial why they left the ship without telling passengers to escape, the lawyers of the 15 claimed that they believed it was the Coast Guard's job to inform passengers of an evacuation. Oh, boss. <laughs> what? Yep. Uh, for the next... Captains time, are supposed to be the last ones off after they've right. made sure everybody's rested. down with the ship. Yep, not in this case. Wow. So, for same the next... As, yeah. Same as Titanic. It sounds like the same... Well, he well, actually went down with his down. ship. <laughs> yeah. He stayed in the captain's uh, room or the steering. I don't know what it's called. I don't know anything about ships. <laughs> yeah. <there you> go. <laughs> yeah. So for the next 20 minutes, rescue teams, as well as civilian boats, pulled about 116 passengers who had jumped overboard out of the water. Um, from around 9.23 a.m. to 9.45 a.m., four helicopters did arrive at the scene. Um, but they only seemed to really be circling in the air. Um, Coast Guard was told by Captain Lee that there was too many passengers for a helicopter rescue, so they weren't sure what they were really supposed to do there. Um, the, only, the only time they dropped down to rescue people was when small groups basically made their way on top of the, like, it's already at, like, I think at this point it was at a 90-degree angle. So basically people are on top of the like railings of one side of the ship and they basically have to rescue these people because they're there like waving them down. Right. Um, patrol vessel one, two, We're three. Like, oh, me? Yeah. <laughs> you got to come down here. Um, so patrol vessel one, two, three, this is another, like it just, it's, it's a bunch of people who, uh, I don't know if they just didn't know it was their job or what, but captain of the patrol vessel 123 was given multiple uh, orders after its arrival at the scene to use a loudspeaker to give orders to the passengers to abandon ship, as well as send rescue workers on board the ship and find passengers still inside. Um, as far as I know, no announcements were made from the ship, and the only rescue workers that got aboard the ship uh, didn't know that there was passengers didn't know that the passengers were told to stay inside their cabins at the opposite end of the ship. Mm. So they only basically checked the empty decks before leaving the ship. Um, by 1013, the Saywall had completely capsized. So basically had completely turned over. 
By 10.30, the ship was submerged underwater. And by 11.18 a.m., just, you know, just over two hours after it had begun to roll, um, all that remained of the ship uh, above water was a six-foot-tall and around 80-foot-long portion of the bow or the bottom of the ship. Mm. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Um, so, during this whole ordeal, the Korean's presidential office, or the Blue Office, was in contact with rescue teams at the time. Unfortunately, they didn't seem to grab, grasp the graveness of the events, um, continually asking not what's going on, but is there a working camera available at the scene? Um, uh, even at, <laughs> at 10.28 a.m., after it had already capsized, uh, they best, they kept asking Coast Guard workers if a helicopter could land on deck for a good scene of a rescue. Um, once they were told no to this suggestion because the boat was already underwater, they said it was a shame they missed the opportunity. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, President Park Byung-hae was seemingly missing for seven hours of this day. So basically nobody could figure out where all they were talking to was officials. Nobody talked to the president. Um, she only emerged at, at 5.30 p.m. that evening to do a press conference about what was going on. Uh. Yeah. Um, and due to reports from the Coast Guard, who the Blue Office was in contact with the whole time, um, they were basically getting reports that passengers had jumped from the ship when it began to tip into the water. So the Blue House, hearing this, basically told Korean news outlets that all passengers had escaped the vessel. Uh. This report was given and repeated to worried Korean citizens. Family members and loved ones of the passengers then all converged at the meeting point on Jindu Island, which is where this, basically, I think it was like 15 miles off Jindu Island, not Jeju Island, but Jindu Island. Um, they basically made this little like gym a converging point for family members. Um, when they arrived, uh, worried family members and grieving parents were met with a confusing list of passengers and details about the rescue efforts, but no, none of their kids are there. They're being told that all kids, everybody, uh, kids, family members, everybody got off the boat, but there's no passengers at the oh, meeting geez. point. Um, trying to calm the group, government officials told hysterical group of surviving, or I'm sorry, told the group of histor hysterical family members that survivors were being brought to the harbor as they spoke. Not wanting to wait any longer to be reunited with their children, the group rushed to the beach docks. Uh, it, uh -huh. was, it was there that everyone, including government officials, realized that only 172 of the 476 passengers were accounted for, meaning that there were still 304 people missing, including 250 of the high school students. By now, night had fallen, and the ship had been submerged in water for over six <coughs> hours. Jesus, okay. Yeah. Uh, while at a press conference, or while at her press conference, uh, President Park didn't even really seem to realize this fact until after she asked the Coast Guard officials why they couldn't just seem to find the missing 304 people who were all wearing life jackets, making it become clear that she believed everyone had made it out of the boat and were basically 
in the surrounding waters with their brightly colored life jackets making them beacons in the cold sea. Uh, she was then told life jackets were not helpful in the search since the passengers were still locked inside the ship. And wow. now, yeah. So basically everything, it, nobody... It, there's a lot of miscommunication. There's a lot of miscommunication. Yeah, there's a lot of people not... I sure hope, I sure hope that button, that ship got... The people got big trouble and never allowed to do that again. Well, we'll get to that at the end of the story because unfortunately there's still more to the story. <laughs> um, but wait, there's more. Oh wait, there's more. So, um, we'll go back to the day's morning, and we're going to go inside the ship now, because the passengers and, uh, so it wasn't just all the high school students, there was other passengers aboard the ship. Um, so passengers and young high school students have all just, eat, or they're either eating breakfast or have just finished breakfast um, at 8.48, when they feel the ship tilt to an almost 30 degree angle, um, they're obviously all worried, but as soon as they hear over the PA system that they are to stay in, in place and wait for their instructions, they feel like they have the, you know, as long as they listen, everything is going to be fine. Um, beginning at around 9 a.m., students and uh, passengers begin to contact family members as well as loved ones at home because they're not that far off the coast where they can still actually get texting, calling, all that. They can, make, can mm -hmm. communicate with people on the mainland. Um, they're able to talk, text and call with their parents and other family members and tell them what is happening. During most of these talks, the children are told by their parents to listen to authorities and respect their elders' decisions. There are even some who are recording videos of them and their friends laughing and joking around about what's going on. Um, from these videos and messages, we are able to see the kids are worried, but trusting in the adults and authorities who are telling them to wait for an evacuation notice, they basically stay in their rooms and st stick together. The atmosphere inside of the boat, even as the children are able to hear rescue helicopters and boats arriving, is to stay calm and wait for their turn to be escorted safely off the boat. While they are patiently waiting for someone to come rescue them, a, com and a completely survivable incident the captain and crew who are instructing them to wait are off the boat abandoning them. The government is too worried about getting the best shots to televise for the public to even realize that their kids are still in there. Um, yeah. So Korea in comparison to the U.S. is pretty conservative and family oriented. They understand that there is a hierarchy in the society um, it is a grave mistake to disrespect one parent or not respect an order given to you by a teacher or an elder. Um, mm -hmm. And even so far as you are to bow to everybody you see for the first time, especially mm -hmm. anybody older than you, um, they have a version of their language that uses honorifics um, to anybody who is older than them. Um, and if you don't use this version of the language or use these honorifics, um, it is it's considered a grave disrespect to the person you're talking to. Um, and in almost all Korean schools, students are mandated to wear school uniforms. Um, these children have strict rules on appearance regarding their hair, accessories, and for girls, um, their hair and makeup, as well as shoes and jewelry. Um, and, because, and since this disaster, there's been a great shift 
in this like ideals of you cannot um, question your your elders. You cannot. Um, you have to listen and obey. There's this. There's been a very big shift um, mm-hmm. because a majority of Koreans are now under the impression that of all the thirty or the, all of the three hundred and four people and children who were trapped on this ship could have easily escaped if they had just not listened to the order to wait. Um, even though they knew the ship was progressively sinking further into the water and that they were in danger, they respected the order that was given to them. Uh, many waited even as the halls and rooms began to fill up with water for a rescue that would never come. And of the 304 passengers who were still on board, as it sank under the surface, including 250 of the 325 students, 11 of the 14 teachers, and 11 of the 33 crew members, none survived. Oh, Jeez. Yeah. That's brutal. <laughs> yes. So, um, in boat capsizing such as this, many maritime rescuers know that there is a golden hour of rescue due to air pockets that will likely form in ships. Mm-hmm. There was even a case in 2013 of a man who was rescued from a ship that had sunk to the bottom of the sea off the coast of Nigeria after a three- Three full days after it had sank, they rescued him. So, there is this golden hour, which they basically calculated because of this man being found, that it's about three days that you have to get down there and save them while they have, like, survivable air. Uh, And many people who were involved with uh, with helping the rescue believe that the Korean government wasted these salvable hours by trying to make themselves look good. And then in regards to that, basically, after they realized what was happening and what had happened, they they wasted even more time basically trying to hide their negligence of the situation. They even turned down help from professional rescue divers in Korea, as well as other countries such as U.S. Japan. They basically refused to even let them in the waters. Wow. This even included, there's a document. So I got all my information basically off a bunch of documentaries about this. And in one, um, they refused to let a professional rescue diver who had equipment, a decompression equipment that would, would have been necessary, not just useful, but necessary to safely save these passengers if they were still alive on the ship. They refused to even use this equipment. She's Um, There are even accounts from civilian divers who were present um, the day after the Sewol sank who claimed that the government rescue workers lied about successfully placing pumps into the ship to pump air that would allow the more of the ship to surface above the water. Because at this point, again, there's only like the tip of the bow, um, which is the bottom of the ship, above Mm -hmm. surface. So in these kind of rescues, you're supposed to get air pumps down into air pockets of the ship to raise it up more to make it uh, it, a safer rescue, basically. Uh, And they lied about where they placed these water pumps. In contrast, uh, the government workers reported that these pumps were uh, put into the boat successfully. And the civilians were saying that they basically just threw these hoses into the water and didn't really even check if they were on the ship 
or if they were even near the ship. Um, But even so, uh, even if the pumps had been successfully placed, they stopped working due to poor equipment conditions after only a few moments of being turned on. But again, the government, even after they failed, continued to lie that they were still working. Um, Because of this lie, um, the Sewol completely sank under the water and was no longer visible after this. So they basically said, oh yeah, we got the air pumps, they're successfully going. And as people are like cheering, like, yes, our kids are getting out, they watch the ship sink to the bottom of the sea. She's a beat. <laughs> um, yeah, it's crazy. It's unimaginable, to be honest. It, yeah. it, watching these documentaries, it felt like I was watching a, a drama. Like it, it, it just didn't seem real. Uh. Um, so the pumps are in poor condition. They stop working. The civilian divers who have now basically uh, just shown up and have taken over this rescue because the government workers aren't doing anything um, are claiming that the equipment that the government is trying to give them is in extremely poor conditions and would have been extremely dangerous to use. Um, Rescue efforts after the first three days turn into body extractions because they know that they're no longer going to find anybody on board. Um, these efforts went on for three months up until July of that year. Um, the grim reality of the of, of set in as bodies were being pulled out and examined um, because they were uh, realizing that most of the passengers who died didn't die from drowning, but from hypothermia. So that means that they were alive on the ship long after it had sunk into the water. Oh my God. <laughs> it only gets worse. Uh, uh, because civilian divers were now finding bodies in areas and rooms that the government workers claim to have already checked and cleared of bodies and have and said that they found nothing. Um, most of the students were found in large groups, all in small areas or rooms, suggesting that they had basically tried to survive together. Uh, the waters in this area are about 104 feet, or 140 feet deep. They are dark and murky, especially once the divers make it inside the ship. Um, some stories from the divers say that they basically were just feeling around with their arms and legs and hoping to bump into something. Um, Divers are only supposed to safely dive down into the ship once a day. But because of the limited amount of divers available, most divers claim that they dived about four to five times a day. And again, these are just civilian divers who are just helping at this point. Um, government workers are not doing much. Um, uh-huh. Civilian divers are responsible for most of their covered bodies um, and belongings of the people on board the ship up until July 10th of 2014 when they are told by government that they must leave the area. The government workers tell them that they must leave because they have hired a third party and they would need, the third party would need the area and equipment that they are using. Um, a day later, so July 10th, they tell these divers that they must leave. 
July 11th, the U.S. Navy arrives on location of the sunken ship. And it is a, to some, it is a beacon of hope um, that, you know, these, you know, helping, these helping hands are going to come in and, you know, retrieve their loved ones. You know, because at this point, they know that they're not alive, but at least they get to say goodbye to them, you know? Right, right. Um, But unfortunately... Um, the extended duration diving team of the U.S. left the area without even getting into the water due to what they called an offensively dangerous conditions. The mm-hmm. Korean government was refusing to move anchors or air tubing from the area. Um, they also requested that they were that they had to check all of the U.S. Navy's equipment on their own, um, and this was an immediate red flag because the Korean government already had claims of tampering with equipment that was making it unusable for divers. Um, they made the divers sign unnecessary and time-consuming paperwork, um, and they were adamant that their own divers, the Korean government divers, were supposed to be in the water to supervise other divers who were there. So they are basically making it extremely hard for anybody besides themselves to be in the water. Uh, and during all of this, uh, Korean news reporters and civilians who were at the scene of the sinking were bullied by Korean government officials as well as the president's officials to not spread any of these incidents to the public. This led to a lot of lies and confusion about what happened to the Sewol. Um, And about one year after the sinking of the Sewol, President Park announced that they were going to make efforts to salvage the Sewol from the bottom of the sea. Um, but unfortunately, only a month after she made this announcement, many government officials began to come out with excuses about why they were not going to do this and that the rescue would be too expensive, expensive and dangerous. And the fact that at this point, only nine or ten bodies were not recovered. They said that it was not worth it to do it, to recover it mm-hmm. from the waters. So, uh, for the most part, the, the worst is over because now we're going to start trials. And in May 15th, uh, May 15th of 2014, Captain Lee and his crew members were all sentenced with murder and abandoning ship. Captain oh, Lee. Good. Yes. <laughs> well, yes, but Captain yeah. Lee was initially given 36 years um, in prison for just simple negligence. Um, luckily, he was later given a life sentence in prison, um, but many Korean citizens and the family members of the dead children and dead passengers were upset because he avoided the death penalty. Um, they all kind of really were hoping that he would get the death penalty, but I think life in prison is a little bit worse, but that's just me. Yeah, I do too. Um, the chief engineer on board, um, which... Uh, they talked about him a little bit, um, but as far as I know, he didn't really have a lot to do with the crash. Obviously, he escaped, so there's that, which is really bad, but he was initially given 30 years in prison for murder charges, um, but his charges were later overturned, and he was only sentenced to a reduced 10 years. Um, The remaining 13 members of the crew were originally given 20 years sentences, but they were reduced again to a maximum of only 12 years. So basically everyone but the captain kind of got reduced sentencing. 
Um, and so they got time spent, but it, <laughs> definitely not as much as a lot of Korean citizens were hoping for. Right. Um, right. The owner of the Sewol um, and the president of the Chaehonjang Marine Group, Marine Company, uh, Yu Byung Yoon, um, was issued an arrest warrant because of his involvement with the illegal modifications and basically knowing well, well that his ships were unsafe. Uh, he was issued an arrest warrant, but he went on the run and was actually, he was had a manhunt in him, for him in Korea up until July 22nd of 2014 when a body that had previously been found a month earlier uh, that was found by the police in a field was positively identified as him. But his cause of death was never mm. issued to the public. Um, so it doesn't say like whether he committed suicide or somebody murdered him. We just know that he was found dead. Wow. Yes. Um, President Park was impeached from office on December 9th, 2016. And this was held by the Korean Congressional Courts on March 10th of 2017. Um, she was sentenced to 25 years in prison for corruption, back blacklisting, and misuse of power in the office. Um, so most of this is because of the Sewol, but because of the Sewol incident and the investigations into the Sewol incident, um, it dug up a lot of her uh dark dealings basically so a lot of her charges were more on the corruption um that she was doing in office and it was kind of just the say wall was the, like the first thing that got investigated mm. so she was sentenced to 25 years in prison uh the sentence was reduced to 20 years but then in december of 2021 the sitting president of korea pardoned her of all crimes and she is now free after only serving five years in prison. Wow. Gosh, she's okay. Yes. Um, one, one basically governmental worker that took responsibility was the prime minister of Korea, uh, Chung Hong-won. He resigned from his position only 10 days after the sinking of Sewol. So he was basically the only governmental worker to even admit that they did wrong. Um, Jeez. A lot of the president's officials basically kept saying that she was, you know, because she was missing for seven hours, like a lot of the trials were about where was she, what was she doing? And they basically made excuses for her. She didn't need to be there. She didn't know that it was dire. Like she was informed of what was going on. You know, it didn't matter that she wasn't there. Um, and even so uh, at the trials, um, one of the Coast Guard officials uh, who was in contact at the time uh, was asked what they did or like, did they know that they were supposed to make a plan for these passengers? Basically said once they got there, um, there was nothing that they could really do but stomp their feet in frustration um, because of what was happening. And a lot of people really didn't like that because there could have a lot of things they could have done to save all of these people. Like, right. none of these people had to die. No, they did not. So. And how pathetic is it that yeah. they allowed them to all die? Yeah. Un, un, I mean, to think of all those kids 
And they're all from that, the same high school. It's not like this is like a bunch of different high schools. And they, they all closed it. It was I mean, they just all closed from one high school. Yeah. So there were deaths outside of the ship. Um, there was two civilian divers who died in the months spent in the rescue. And there was also a helicopter that had crashed in the months of the rescue that killed five people on board. Um, but mm. the worst two was um, the vice principal of Day One High School, who was originally one of the 172 people rescued from the Saywall on April, April 16th, um, did take his own life on April 18th, only two days after the sinking. Mm. He was the person mm. who had planned this trip for the students. Um, in his suicide note, he claims that he felt extremely guilty that he left the boat before all of his students could be rescued, um, and that he wished to be cremated and his ashes spread over the area where the ship had sank so that he may go to his students in heaven and teach them there. Um, and then another, on June, on June 17th, 2016, civilian diver Kim byun hyun who had testified in 2015 against the government's lies and attempts to cover up their negligence, um, took his own life. Um, he was quoted as saying on July 10th that when they were pulled from the rescue, there was a loud flock of tiny birds who were circling in the air above the sunken ship that surrounded him. It sounded to him like screams of the children who died there. He said it was like the children were crying out to him to not leave them behind. Um, he and many other divers said that they had a very hard time sleeping in the months after they spent on the recovery. His widow was present at the, his widow was present with the other family members as they raised the soy wall from the river or from the Yellow Sea only two weeks after President Park was impeached. So they did eventually salvage the boat from the water. Um, it was only like uh, it was in on it went underway in 2017, and I think it was like two weeks after she was impeached, they did resurface the ship. Um, when they did this, they were basically able to um, obtain dash cam footage from cars that were in the hull, as well as students' phones with videos of the last few minutes before the boat fully capsized. Um, and a lot of these videos, it's. You know, like I said, like they were laughing and joking about what was going on. But there are like a few videos that are shown where these students are questioning why they're waiting and why. I think even one of them, it was really sad to hear because it was she was questioning like because you could hear the PA system saying like, please wait patiently, you know, stay where you are. And she said, isn't that what they say right before the captain abandons us and leaves us? Yeah. Oh, wow. So it, it's, especially knowing what happened, it is insanely hard to hear these students. They're worried. You can hear the, the worry in their voice. Mm-hmm. So they recover the ship, um, and, but unfortunately five bodies have yet to be recovered. Two of them are students, one is a teacher, and then there are two bodies of a father and a young son that have never really been recovered from the sea. Mm-hmm. So, uh, because of the investigations and everything, um, the color yellow as well as yellow ribbons are used as a remembrance of the victims of the Seawall disaster, and younger generations in Korea, Korean society, who have now been sparked into the fight for a better government and better conditions for Korean citizens, are now known as the Seawall generation. 
Um, and then this one's just kind of basically information about this capsizing. Right. Wow. And then they'll, you know, obviously you can see like by 1023, 8.55 to 10.23, this boat capsized. So two hours is pretty, really, really quick for a boat to capsize. Right. But um, and the thing, well, I get the respect in the Korean culture and all that, but when you can feel and you feel that shift in the, like sometimes, like when you think, like okay, like when you're when you're comes a point, enough, yeah. right? There comes a point Wonder. where you're like, but the thing though too is by the time that their cabin was filling up, it may have been too late. They couldn't open the doors, or they couldn't get out. They yeah. were trapped inside. Well, and right? yeah, so, so a lot of this, uh, the parents of the lost passengers or even the students who did survive basically said that because all these students were waiting for their turn, they, they basically were waiting for their turn. Mm-hmm. They thought somebody was going to basically uh, safely evacuate them like one by one kind of thing. They, right. they were waiting. Right. Um, so they were like waiting in the rooms, but they were kind of all kind of converging in the halls as well. So it was really hard to get through the halls. Right. And like you said, Jess, like once the water's coming in, it's probably hard to open doors. It's hard to get, I, I, you can see in this video, like, I mean, this is at, like, when they are at, like, a 90-degree angle, they're, like, literally holding on to doors and, like, trying to stay up. So there's just, right. Right. Um, I think one of them even said, like, her friend had to literally, was on her stomach through the door, pulling her up above the door as water was coming in. Jeez. So by the time they realized it, that they needed to get out, it was just too late. It was too late, Yeah. And the th- like the shock of the water, you got to think too. Yeah, like if you fall degrees. under ice, right? If you fall, that yeah, your body goes into shock. Yeah, yeah. Like you're you're paralyzed too. So that's something too that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I I feel for the parents too because the, a lot of the parents who uh, did interviews during this the documentaries I watched basically said like they wished they they told their kids like listen to the adults the kids listen, to stay yeah and, you know listen to the adults wait for your turn yeah. like. And they yeah. say they regret it because if they had just told their kid to abandon ship, their kid would still be alive. Right. right. It's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And they have to live with that. Yeah. No, I mean, well, and they're, uh, unfortunately, they're, I, those are the deaths that I know of offside, outside of the ship. But I'm sure, like, I think a lot of the stories said that there was, even the survivors, there was many attempts at suicide. Um, I'm sure right. the parents, yeah. there was many attempts at suicide. Um, these are just the deaths right. that are publicized. Right. Right. Yeah. It's so sad that a tragedy kind of, well, I mean, I guess we see it time and time again, but tragedy right. builds right. a generation. Yeah. Yeah. So. It really is. It's, it was a, it was a big moment in Korean history of like recent history, okay. you know? Right. Right, and I mean, I remember this being on the news and all that kind of stuff, too. Yeah, see, that was the thing, is I didn't remember it being on the news, but I mean, it was 2014, I was, like, college student, but a lot of the videos are from, like, CNN reporting on it, you know? Right, right, yeah. And maybe I remember, because I worked for a newspaper. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't remember it. Yeah. I remember. I remember that, but I don't remember there being any controversy. Controversy. Well, yeah, yeah, and it, that's a 
Yeah, I didn't realize that. It was much. really hush hush. Like it was until mm. all these people went went to trial, which I'm sure at that point, you know, this is an international story. At that point, I'm sure news outlets aren't really paying attention to it because, right. like I said, mm. like so. There's one documentary. Uh, I think it's called um, the Diving Bell. Um, it, it's uh, it's called the Truth Will Not Sink. Um, but it basically is a reporter filming the events happening because he had been fired from his job for talking about what was actually happening. So basically he gets fired for saying there's something very wrong with his situation as he's on the docks with these parents. And so he, he just continues with his crew, like his crew to film what's yeah. happening. And so that's what basically the documentary is, is him interviewing divers who are showing up to help and being turned away um, at the scene with these parents. Wow. And so uh, that's, that's why you didn't know about the corruption is because the government was basically hush-hushing everything and saying, everything's fine. We did what we could. It was really tragic disaster, but we did what we could. And so it wasn't until the trials two years later when all of this came forward. Right. And I think even... So before they recovered the ship and they got the dash cam footage and cell phone footage, basically the, the story was that they either hit a reef or mm-hmm. I think some of them were saying that they hit they hit something and something inside the ship exploded, which was what caused the extreme tilt. But all of the dash cam footage and videos before the tilt show that there was nothing like a huge spike in movement in these cars like it was literally just all of a sudden they're tipping to one side so this all these theories that the government was saying basically became false um because they're like yeah we can see that nothing exploded you didn't hit something there wasn't a crash it was literally just you made these series of turns that you didn't need to and it caused the boat to, to tilt and all your cargo to basically slide to one side and push the boat further into the water Oh, poor judgment on the yeah it was poor judgment everywhere whether or not they meant you know meant anything maliciously it was a negligence of decision yes yes or just for the captain to escape instead of putting out an announcement that hey jump overboard right because even if like fine abandon ship whatever but at least tell people on board abandon ship like get on the speaker and say abandon ship let's go yeah like hey we're going down has um, has have they changed a lot of their regulations now yeah a lot of regulations of i think even strapping down cargo i think at the time it was not required for you to strap down cargo to the hall or on the deck um and i think after this a lot of rules and regulations came about how much you're allowed to carry and and securing points as well yeah that's crazy yeah it's sad that it takes a tragedy to yeah i mean that's rules in place anything in this world unfortunately is people don't realize what a bad thing is until we see it happen There's still to this day poor decisions being made that are hurting yes. people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and mm-hmm. we won't see the effects of them until it is too late. Yeah. I think um, yeah. Eddie Smith wrote a song about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's actually quite a few, uh, not a quite a few, I don't know. There's uh, a, some songs in Korea there's, that well, are. I don't mean about that. Yes, I, I know. I, no. I do know that. But I, I was going to pick one, but I didn't want to like do the song and then say, this song is about 304 people who died on a, <laughs> the Sewol ship and then be like, yeah. all right, here's my right. story. <laughs> Guess <Yeah>. what happened? <laughs> so. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is the Sewol fairy disaster. Very, very sad tragedy. Yeah, it is. It was, it was, <laughs> this, so this story I hadn't really seen a lot of information on, and so I, I decided to sh- do it because I had watched a show that they had compared to this, um, it was a Korean show that they basically, a lot of citizens were comparing, like, wow, this is the situation that I, you know, relate to the sinking of the say wall, and it has a lot of similarities to what was going on at the time, um, <laughs> As soon as I start speaking, every single time. Um, so I watched it, or I was watching the show, and they were on social media. They were like, this has happened. This happened in Korea. And so I started looking this up, at, I think, at, like, 12 in the afternoon. And I was still researching and watching documentaries at, like, 3 in the morning. Oh, this, wow. It, like, Too completely cool. engulfed me, unfortunately. Wow. Yeah. Sad, sad, sad. Yes. And it's our younger generation that yeah, have to I mean, suffer. It, just like the bath. Uh, a whole generation. Gen- yeah, a whole, a whole generation. generation. Wow. Yeah. This is, I think- and I was just, I was just looking at, um, in the paper this weekend, it had um, that Irene Dunham. Um, From the bath her, school. Her obituary. Uh, yeah, she died in... Yeah, it's got her obituary. Yeah. Oh. But sad. That whole generation. Yeah, this was, I mean, this was children from the age of 14 to 18, you know? And it, yeah. uh, it's, it's not super uncommon to have, like, multiple children, but a lot of Korean families only have one to two children. One child. Right. Yeah. Right. So this right. is literally right. their entire generation. Their whole, their whole generation. Their, their family line. Yeah. 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 And it's to not even to not only yeah. lose your children, but then to lose your children and have to fight for uh, fight against your government to tell you what right. happened to your children. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And and not have any closure whatsoever. Right. And I think even in one of the um, uh, news videos that I watched said that they were, they a bunch of these parents had planned to basically on, I think in 2001, April of 2001, or I'm not sorry, 2021, I'm sorry, eight, uh, seven years after the sinking, they were basically supposed to take a boat out to the location and throw like flowers into the water. Um, but yeah. when they arrived at the docks, they realized that the boat that had that they were scheduled to go out on was, uh, I think, either owned by the 
um, company of the the Chehon Marine Company. Oh, oh wow! Oh, jeez. Uh, and like run by the Coast Guard, so it was like literally everybody who was responsible for their children dying was now saying, "Hey, let's right. we'll take you out there, have fun." Yeah. 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 No thanks. Yep. Yeah. See, they should have all been closed yeah. down and. Nothing. I've got it here. I wrote it somewhere. But... They shouldn't have been able to manage boats or ships or... Yeah, well, uh, uh, luckily that was like the one good thing that came out of the story that everybody who was responsible in this, even uh, the captain of patrol vessel 123 who only, it, they only re- approached the boat like I think once or twice and the only time that they did was to save the captain and crew. Um, they went to trial, and I think they were sentenced with something. I don't think it was anything like prison sentence. I think they just lost maybe their license or, you know, were charged with negligence. Uh, yeah, uh, the seven-year reunion, it was uh, owned by the Coast Guard as well as the Chunghon, uh, the I, No, I can't remember the name, but basically the company that owned the Sewol before. Mm. Not good. No, not at all. Mm. But all the all the documentaries that I watched were uh, available on YouTube, so it is very easy to watch these. And like I think one of them was only like twenty eight minutes, and it was basically just uh, you can listen to all the uh, distress calls and the calls between Coast Guard and the presidential office and um the crew of board the say wall so that was kind of very interesting to basically they basically showed footage of it sinking and then you're listening to all these conversations happen happening that they will then later on try to like say no we didn't say that or oh we didn't know that that's what we were mean like that's what you meant when you said that Mm. wow wow that is very sad. It is very sad, but I had to do it. It's a very uh, important one to do, yeah. just because you know it shows yeah. that yeah, you know, even the worst tragedies can be, you know, it it can involve people that it shouldn't, and it can involve yeah. right. you know, parties mm-hmm. that are just you know, be, be horrible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Oh, that's all I got for you. Wow. <laughs> Good one. I'm, I'm I'm done torturing you it's for now. Sad. Well, yeah. Well, well, well. Saw, you guys, we need some pop up ones because every time we do one, it's just so sad. Well, I hate to tell well, you isn't what that true crime it? is, but <laughs> crime is not usually peppy. I know. No, not. And it doesn't not normally do, end not, with a happy ending. That. Let's make some happy endings. Okay. Okay. We'll remember that. <laughs> we'll tell these serial killers and yeah. the people that cause all these problems. Like, don't you hey, want to make it peppy? My mom said to make it happy and peppy. <laughs> no, I, I, let's change the subject. <laughs> Not true crime. Let's do something fun and exciting. Unfortunately, <laughs> we cannot. This podcast is Not a so depressing. Good Lord, to put you in a depression. I definitely will be thinking of that next time I get on a ship. I know, right? <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, you know, theory. 
when we were on the cruise ship, it was like, it probably won't sink. (laughs) Yeah, think about that. Think about all the drunk people on a cruise ship. Yeah. I know. At least you would be so happy and out of it that you wouldn't know. But these poor kids, they. The kids would only drink. They would have been. Yeah, they would have been happy as they died. Yeah, as they froze and to what, death. But what, what, what in is total the, darkness? What is the legal drinking age in Korea? Uh, in South it's Korea, it's twenty. Wow. I think. Are they? No. Oh, oh um, so it's the same. I don't think it's twenty-one. It's really weird because That's Germany. Um, it's literally a, you become a legal adult at twenty, so it's not um okay. eighteen. Everything you are legal okay. at 20, twenty for everything. Um, yeah. But it is also really weird because they their ages they count ages differently because they basically say you are one year old at birth when you when you're born yeah yeah, right, yeah. so you spend they're saying this is your first year of birth basically um right. so right. them at 20 is our 21 so basically they are the same yeah. legal age as us yeah right, right. Yeah. that makes sense that makes sense dad do you understand that you kind of look confused yeah. So it's not like they're, so. they're not saying like, oh, they're six months old. They're saying they're in their first year of birth. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Right. Okay. Right. There are some people who do that now. I mean, Which I they think say, kind of oh, makes more sense. 1,230 oh, months yeah. old. Don't like that. <laughs> my kid's 36 months old. Okay. They're three. They're three. They're three. Yeah. Just yeah. say they're three, man. Okay. I just, I, I anyway. Yeah. But anyways, please like, share, and um, and um, tell everybody subscribe, to follow, follow us, comment, comment. The family school of thought. Yeah. Okay. Bye, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. See you next week. Peace.